Um, just today, I just kind of saw, I was watching the match that they posted now of Shane and Sky beating um, Francisco and um, David. And I was like starting to get that preliminary like grumble in the belly. It's just kind of fun. That eagle soaring in your in your stomach is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, it's just now that we're past Thanksgiving and uh, can kind of come can refocus on things that are more important, you know. Yeah, more important. <laughs> yeah, you had uh, what you kind of you kind of triggered a few people on Facebook. I saw. Yeah, it's just I mean you don't you're not a fan of Thanksgiving, are you? It's not that I'm not a fan of it. It's just people you know put things on pedestals that don't need to be on pedestals, you know. You, you glorify dishes and food that you have once a year and you, you outside of the holiday you don't voluntarily choose to go have those things at all all year long and then they Except have for this, mashed potatoes like, you got that one wrong you got that no, one wrong no ma ma mashed potatoes are fine like it's not that i don't like mashed potatoes but like i'm not climbing out of my boots to go oh, i got to go get some mashed potatoes somewhere you know i'd rather have the steak we're here for the steak and then the potatoes is an accompaniment i'll have a couple bites it's fine it can be good that's great it's taking up time and space from the things that matter, which is steak. That's it. If I'm going to the grave, I have to pick one thing. It's definitely not mashed potatoes. You understand? So, or green bean casserole. Or, or green bean casserole yeah. or turkey. Like nobody has turkey. Let's be real. Turkey's fine. It, you only have it literally on Thanksgiving or when you go in the fridge, you're like, oh, I want to make a sandwich. Oh, I'm out of ham. I can't make a ham and cheese sandwich. Oh, but there's some leftover turkey there. I'll take a slice of turkey and make a turkey and cheese sandwich. That's the that's how it happens. So, if people want to like be delusional and say, "Okay, yeah, no, turkey is like the greatest thing ever," then congratulations. Fun fact: Speaking of America, because we're going to be talking about Moscone Cup, did you know the turkey was this close to being the national bird? It was verted. It was outvoted by the eagle, just like just by a smidge. But we almost had the turkey as a national bird. Oh, that would have been way better. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Imagine, imagine waving like a flag and having like this turkey flying down in the football fields for. Come on, they do fly. They're, that is a little known fact. Turkeys are yeah. big and fat, but yeah, they absolutely fly. Not for long spurts. I mean, they're not flying from like you know, they're not flying across a pond. But yeah, they can get going. They can get up and uh, they can they can fly a couple hundred meters. Yeah, they're they're mm -hmm. slightly less agile and terrifying than eagles, but whatever. <laughs> so there's that so uh chris how was your uh you don't have thanksgiving over there do you how was your sadness no, looking over the u.s watching us I don't even know our body weight for. i've seen all you lot having turkey and stuff what, what's it you for thanksgiving it. is that the thanksgiving. celebration of kicking the british out is that what it is no it's um it's, no it's 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 like half our celebration of basically surviving the first I don't know winter well it's going into winter so yeah they uh, they landed at the worst time of the year yeah they were like three um, months too late and so you know they were just grateful to god to survive the, the plague and have some sustenance and uh yeah basically it's our, it's our survival so, for not kicking off uh, immediately once we got over here so it's a celebration of british people landing there and not dying immediately because you can't really ask the British people to not uh, screw things up immediately. <laughs> there was a lot of death, though, early on. I just watched an interesting documentary on Prime 
about the uh, the the pilgrims. Actually, it's kind of interesting. What's it called? Uh, I think it's called Pilgrims. If you look it up, just look up Pilgrims, and it's like the American, you know. Oh transition. yeah, Pilgrims yeah. Progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's up. the one. Sure. Well, who's excited for the Moscone Cup? Chris, are you getting in the spirit yet? The Moscone Cup spirit? No, not yet. Not yet. I will be next next weekend or next Monday, Tuesday. It starts on Wednesday, right? So, like ten days. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. When is yeah. the press conference? I know that you know they're going to have that Tuesday night, probably. Uh, I would assume. I would assume Tuesday night. That's yeah. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be a must watch. Yeah, I'm almost a little bummed out that I'm going to be, I guess, in London for that. So, because I'm, I'm not, there's, I'm not going to Alley Pally area. Uh, until Wednesday morning, and I'm not gonna go all the way up there for a press conference. So why not? You can get a press pass. You can go in there and you can ask some questions. Yeah, but you. Yeah, but we're staying. Uh, so we're staying in the Ebus. What's that uh, big roundabout called? Elephant like Castle. Well, it, it's like a. It's like I think it's like one exit down, or it's like one bridge down from uh, Big Ben. But it's like a, it's got like that giant projector. Oh. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's. I don't know Leicester what it's Square. called. It might be. Yeah, it's got like a giant screen in the middle of it. I think that's Leicester Square. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that, that 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 might be. <laughs> well, we're staying like literally one block away from there. So to get from there to Alley Pally, it's not exactly convenient. No, we're gonna have not. we're gonna have a guest join our uh, podcast today. Who is it? Well, I'll just you probably don't even know who he is. Oh, okay. But Ray will. You might know who he is. I don't know. He's the, he's the uh he's the coffeeest of tables. That's who he is. He's a coffee table. He's a coffee one. Okay. That's what we call him. Back from the whole VG ten days. Um Filler won another Euro Tour earlier today. Yeah, now now that he's not competing against good players, he's just over there slaughtering lambs. <laughs> he beat Babicha in the final. Babicha's uh, a, a fine player, but he did, he did really good to get to the to get to the final. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks like um, Josh is going to be red hot favorite coming into those. I know little Chris, Jesus. Are those Euro yeah, Tours you, one of the? Spot but do you know the template? Mountain Man version of little Chris? And his dog. <laughs> yeah, somebody wants a uh, somebody wants attention. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? <clears throat> I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up with Raymond on the on the beard game. Looks like he just cut his again, though. Yeah, so I'll be back to top tier in like three weeks. <laughs> this is taking me months just just to get just to get where I'm at. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. I've been I've been trying to catch up for months. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have the the. Uh, the benefit of super high testosterone. So what am I going to do? <laughs> I, I got sick last week. I had like my, my daughter gave me some kind of like school stomach bug thing. And so I just wanted to reset because I look like a, I just came out of the forest. And uh, kind of like that. how Chris looks now. Yeah. Are you keeping that for uh, London, Chris? I am. Wow. Especially if it's, if it's as cold as it was last time. 
Oh, wait, oh, you're Texas. All right. Yeah, that, never mind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Yeah. Do we do we know how many Americans uh, they have listed as as going over? Uh, as far as like in the crowd or on the team? Yeah. I think there's six, five, five players on the team and one. No, captain. no, no. No, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, fans that have bought tickets and are headed over. I have. I. I, usually it's about a usually it's about an 85 15 to 90 10. yeah it's it sucks because like okay like last year in vegas it was we had the best crowd the best american crowd ever and there were still you know a decent amount of europeans and it made it you know fun on both sides i just don't know just the way travel costs are if we'll get the same you know the same like grouping because they had a you know like I was on the European side on the just off the the blue marker, you know, down the middle where they had it. They had like lighting on blue and yep. lighting red just over. And then we didn't really get pure European stuff till you were on the far side of the arena. Yeah. There was kind of like some I scared away some European ladies. I felt bad because I turned into like some I turned into a not safe human. But it, <laughs> well, know, we heard you. No, yeah. I, we heard you. Jim there and I were over cuddling on the like, couches. Jim like, and I were over cuddling on the couches and we heard you. Yeah, and you guys were on the far side of the arena. Well, we we heard what was left of you. Let's just put it that way. I emptied out first first day. <laughs> yeah, so yeah you could definitely tell you were a Moscone Cup virgin. You had no rookie idea move. what you were doing. By day by day two, he's like, hi guys. This is true, Max. I was I was entirely done by by day two, 100. <clears throat> percent I'm not. And but and my favorite part was like. He was incredibly fast to recover, but like the end of day three, like I, I think I saw you just out and about in Vegas and you were starting to sound halfway human. Yeah. And then like day four comes and you're instantly screaming again. And you're like, I see it afterwards. And you were like worse than you were you're like, Nobody, yeah, I just gave it all I had. <laughs> nobody's going to accuse me of not giving it 100%. So <laughs> don't worry. I did that the first time. Uh, the first time I was in London for the Moscone Cup, I, I did that too. Tough action, man. Tough action. I can't tell the difference. Which one's Chris? Those <laughs> beards, man. I'm telling you. I will say I do think that the fans are going to be awesome, because um, you know we gave them hell last year for sure. As far like, again, I, I saw a few of the players walk around. They were stressed. They were like physically stressed. And the times that we kind of took it took it down a notch, you could see them get more settled and get relaxed. But the second like you, it takes a lot of energy to stay that stay that amped the second that the crowd kind of got back into it and was really intense you could really feel the heat come down on the players and they were just like alex Laley was just bullet strip sweating bullets the whole time and everybody was like super intense so it, it's almost like you need like cheer leaders at each section you know what i mean to keep their groups you know we need going. to clone you and billy yeah i mean billy billy with you know what would he have he had one overall unclapped and then he had his little hat and the glasses and a little beer can and hairy chest just flowing in the breeze <laughs> fantastic him uh shane jackson always comes like super decked out in mr america costuming so no but raymond what about i i remember your idea that you were talking about about how we should have bluetooth speakers set up throughout different areas of the audience. And then right. that way, if we wanted to start up a cheer, all we had to do was just get a recording so that way all these speakers could start blasting through to try to actually get the the cheer to actually start erupting. Yeah, to make it more unison. See, now, here's what's happened. Now you've given this information away to the Europeans ahead of the Moscone Cup. 
and now they're gonna be pumping in crowd noise. They yeah. don't. The, the Europeans Early. don't need Bluetooth speakers. If, Although I'm, if you, if, <laughs> I'm joking. I do think that they actually pump in some crowd music or some crowd noise into the uh, into the arena too. I caught that last year. I'm pretty sure that they actually artificially make that louder than it needs to be. They do that at the Just football saying. and stuff here as well. They do it. At, uh, yeah. yeah, football matches. I was going to say soccer then. Disgrace myself. It was at, at football matches. They do it a lot. The, so it's actually you, you're not supposed to do it for uh, the NFL for like real football. Uh, you know the one that you use your hands for. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like there was actually like a. a, a I want to say it was like the Colts or something like that. Like six or seven years ago, they got busted for it. You're not you're not supposed to do it, uh, but they like they like pumped their uh, stadium full of artificial crowd noise on like field goals and stuff like that, just to make it like more distracting. And like um, when their defense is on the field, so uh, it's harder for the offense to like get signals through and stuff. Like there's a little bit more communication that needs to happen in uh, handball, yeah, than uh, than football, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that's like sectional, just kind of getting the chance. Because once you get four or five people per section, it just, just takes like two or three chances. Yeah, it just takes and off. Yeah, it just takes off. Lines Chris, up. what are we gonna do this year? Oh, just for full disclosure, everybody, little Chris is joining the queue it up uh, section again. He basically is the queue it up section at this point <laughs> when he stands on his chair. What What's the famous saying? You can't hide money. I wish I could go. But we get him a step. I thought you. Can... I thought. I thought you were going. No, I can't make it. Oh, can't make it. Too rich for my blood. I burned out all my uh, travel vacation time this year already for actual playing. So, unfortunately, uh, can't go be a fan. I'll have to be a menace in my apartment for four days and be entirely useless. <laughs> no wall will be safe if we lose. I think it would be cool though to do like a live broadcast of like like a live stream of like you watching and then people can watch with you on on facebook or something we but actually did that uh the, yeah. the COVID year we actually did that yeah that makes sense assuming that everybody's not uh but they ended up they ended up shutting us down though um because yeah that's the other thing too <clears throat> it only makes sense if like you're recording yourself while also recording the tv so i set up like two cameras one of the tv and then one sure. of us and then they they took it down because um, obviously we're streaming the event. And why would you buy it when you could just watch my stupid little stream? Yeah, no, you can't you can't do it that way. You can't yeah. broadcast the actual content. So it'd be but, more of but, like you know just your reaction. But what ends up happening is like so. What we did was uh, we got like Jim's group and our group together, and we were like streaming both of them. But then like the times never linked up because you know those cords are a little bit longer coming over to the u.s so they were always like five or six seconds faster than us so it doesn't really make sense for us to even watch because we know what's going to happen based off their reactions it's turned into a bit of a nightmare yeah but yeah and even when i was in london there was a couple of things that i tried uh live streaming and i got told to to turn it off but they didn't mind if like usually like when i can see that the the set's about to end and i'll actually record like the last five shots of a set and, and I can, I can post that uh, separately, yeah. but no actual live streaming uh, was allowed. Yep. Yep. They're not about it. Yep. Got to protect that problem or that uh, <laughs> got to protect that, uh, that product. Right. So let's, uh, let's actually get broken into, cause we haven't talked about this actually. I don't know if we've talked about this since we uh, actually had all teams announced. I, I guess we did at one point in time. Let's talk about uh, the team USA. Uh, we'll start out there because we got three Americans and one, one Euro, but we'll start with the Euro guy. 
Team USA. We got uh, Fedor Gorst, Shane Van Boning, Sky Woodward, Tyler Steyer, and Shane Wolford. What do you think of the team? Do you think it's the five best? Do you think it's the five most deserving? What do you think? Is, could you oh. improve on it, or is it exactly where it needs to be? I think Oscar should have been in there somewhere. I think if I was picking America's best five of act, active players, I think I'd probably put Oscar in there. Uh, and then you've got a couple of other guys that aren't so active at the moment in DeShane and Bergman, who can't be considered at all. But I think I probably would have had Oscar in there if I... Shane's, Wolf is a good one to have because it's a future pick, isn't it? You need to give him the experience at some point in time. So why, you know, and it has to be now. So I get it. Um, but I think Oscar would have rounded off the strongest possible team. Chris, what do you think? I can I can definitely agree with the uh, the the Oscar uh, point of view from the other Chris. Um, but I, I think the like I know BJ Usri's name was was thrown around a lot, and I guess is, is it is it just news whether or not if Fedor's uh, spot actually kind of hijacked that that possibility? If if Fedor wasn't uh, in the mix, then it might have been Shane Wolford and BJ Usri. Well, I think that I, I guess I don't know how it broke down on the actual deadline date. Maybe one, maybe Ray, Chris, one of you guys know off the top of your head who would have had the last spot on the deadline if it wasn't for. Fader. Yeah, the last BJ or was it Shane? The last Wolford. guaranteed last guaranteed spot was Wolford going into Hanoi, and then going into Hanoi, there was probably four guys that were in contention for that last spot. So it was Wolford, uh, Wolford, Usery, um, Oscar, and uh, Billy Thorpe. They were all pretty tight, you know. Within, Stone throw away. Yeah. So if like. If they happen to have a deep run, you know, in cash quarterfinals or later, or even or even a semi deep run, right? <laughs> I mean, they were so close. <laughs> yeah, well, the pay the payouts aren't like where you're getting paid four grand for like, for instance, Shane Wolford had gone to the UK Open, make made final sixteen, and he made about four thousand. So, you know, the Hanoi was probably similar payout to that. Um, so you would have had to make a deep run to get to make up that four thousand dollar difference, and you're also at a point where the other guy can't also make a decent run and cut, you know, sure. yeah. cash a couple of that, which is tough to do in those tournaments. I know a few of those guys all made final sixty four, and then you're in a did I get a good draw in the final sixty four knockout stage? You know, a couple guys did get a good draw, a couple other guys didn't, and so then you know, you're kind of flipping coins there as well. Um, to get through, um, but yeah, it, it it was up to those guys. I think I think probably you're looking at a scenario where, assuming Feder's not in the equation, um, and things stayed the way they did, which they did, Wolford kind of made the guaranteed spot, and then you have two two wild cards. So I think as far as the politics go of this whole situation, Wolford was probably the only pick that wouldn't have left a very souring and distasteful taste in the mouth of all the guys because it was the most probably equitable as far as like giving honor to the points season. Yeah. And then you kind of go into this, well, should you or should you not? You already kind of like blew it up. Uh, the timing of that is what I think a lot of players kind of have a problem with, especially because there's going to be guys who are going to, you know, it's going to be a five, $6,000 investment to go to, Vietnam for two weeks to go play the two tournaments. 
And if that guaranteed spot is not on the table now, then they definitely just don't go and they save their money for a full run the following season. And that's where I think um, you kind of lost some people because, you know, I understand the bigger, you know, Matchroom has their idea about promoting the, the product, but you also need to have these guys uh, animated and engaged and wanting to kind of go through the point system to earn points and see it through beginning to end without there being, you know, big grenades thrown off that changes things so late in the game. So I think as far as that goes, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's something to think about, I guess, for guys that are still considering. Because I know the majority of the guys that are in contention to make the team, you know, they're playing they're playing a certain number of events. It's different for the Americans than it is for the Europeans. Europeans, you got to play a full schedule and travel just to have a shot, you know, and hope you kind of catch a gear at the right time. Like Al-Qaeda was, was outside of the picture until late. To, to be fair, so was Albin. Albin was outside of the picture up until late. Yep. So he caught gear at just the right time, and then his credentials and history, you know, lined up. The Albin up. pick still confuses a lot of people. Yeah, I feel like that last pick could have gone so many different ways, but it does take pressure off of the coach in a lot of respects because you have such a decorated player as your fifth guy who, who you know, has 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 the credentials i i would say up until the last two years he was probably the most consistent european i mean uh, honestly the the order of the picks was genius from uh ralph because i mean could you imagine if he had picked albin as fifth player instead of fourth player so like when he picks him fourth we kind of are ignoring the fact that he's even on the team at that point we're only looking at the fifth pick and then you look at eklan kachi versus joshua filler well of course you're going to pick joshua filler i mean obviously with the the car accident, it's really unfortunate for Eklund, and he really wasted a good year not making the Moscone Cup team. Yeah, but you can you can look at those two players and you'd be like, yeah, well, I mean, of course you're going to pick Joshua Filler, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? He's a, he's German. He's he's a killer out there. I mean, he slams. I mean, besides Sky, I mean, he just drills everybody on USA. Uh, I mean, it's 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 an easy pick. But could you imagine if you went Joshua Filler at fourth, and then Albin Ocean over Eklund Kachi as the fifth pick? That's now we're really. Yeah, now we really have some a lot more blowback up to it. I think. I, I think it definitely had some. It added to the drama because it opened the possibility, speculation-wise, as to whether or not Josh was going to be on a team. So that was a storyline. And then there's there's like three or four of the guys that I would I would say was probably justified. It being Ralph Eckert too. I was thinking maybe Moritz because Moritz had a strong a strong kind of like you know, pushed towards the end of the season, got sick and kind of got delayed a little bit. But like guys like Mario, he uh, were definitely there. Max Lechner, definitely there. And as far as synergy goes, it just creates less um, kind of cultural gaps, right? So you could have had two Spaniards, two Austrians and Jason, right? And then totally been totally been justified. And I think I think for Europe, that's that's more important than it is for America because they've they've lost the doubles the last few years. You know, when you get to the off pairings, even with their even with their core pairing, like Francisco and David have lost matches. Um, you know, and then you have guys that are different. You know, different styles, different cultural backgrounds. I just think there's a little bit more synergy with the American side, not having that be a variable. And when you get down to it, now it's whether or not we're going to be able to steal enough matches in the singles this year. And now you have legitimate three kind of top 
top 20 players in the world who can steal a singles match. And um, certainly it takes a lot of pressure off of Shane, I think, which will in turn lead to him playing better. I think in the pan in the past, he's been prone to disconnect because of maybe not believing that the team can get there in the singles and knowing that that's especially, so crucial. especially if he doesn't win at a hundred percent clip. Yeah. And it puts too much pressure on him. And I've always thought like historical, you know, if I were to pick my perfect Moscone Cup uh, top five team for USA, I've always wondered whether or not I would put Shane on. It's hard the to list. put Shane on there. Yeah. But for me, the only caveat would be if he has the right players around him, then I feel like he shines, you know, where he doesn't have to be the guy, you know, sure. like if he can just go in and do his thing and execute and you can have like a Earl and Mike Siegel and, you know, those kind of guys as like, the headliners, then it takes pressure off of Shane. And in a sense, you have Skyler and and Feder doing that for Team USA. So I think, you know, Tyler slots in. He played really, uh, you know, a supporting role in last year's Cup, which I thought was strong. And I think there's a lot of synergy there amongst those four guys, especially like Tyler and Feder. I think will probably play well together. Uh, I think Skyler is one of those guys that can play well doubles with anybody, which is a big asset. And then I think. Sky and Wolford are going to play well doubles together because they're buddies and they, you know, they have a little kind of synergy there. So, you know, I think I think you're probably going to see Feder play more singles than doubles, which would make sense. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to put Feder up with anybody on for doubles except for maybe maybe Tyler. I think I, I think those two would be the only ones that I'd want to try to get him in with. Yeah, I think I think I think Feder Tyler makes sense. I think just from a style standpoint. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I mean Feder Shane is <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's kind of strong. And then Skyler and Feder are probably also you know Skyler's very affable. He's kind of kind of gets along with a lot of people and and is another one of those guys that can pick up the slack if you leave him a little bad. He can come with a bank. You know the, the banking skills yeah. are so strong for Sky that it's a big. It's a big value add. So it'll be interesting to see. I know now they're meeting in Dallas this week. So they're working through trying to find what pairings make sense um, and how how that all goes together. And so, you know, they'll get to the core of, you know, which which units make the most sense and maybe start talking about lineups um, for the first day and all that. Sure. Well, Chris, we kind of I guess we kind of took a tangent there. Uh, I guess finish. <laughs> well, no, because I was going to go back to your original question of what I think uh, about the team. Uh, this is probably at least the one of the stronger teams I've seen in the past uh, few years. Now that I've gone to at least two Moscone Cups live, and then I remember watching the the COVID edition uh, from 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 here in my office. And so, yeah, um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to this. It's you know I always like to say that when when people say who do we want to who do we want to win I mean clearly as an American I want Team USA to win but uh, I also want to see good pull and that looks like we're actually going to see some really good pull uh, with this lineup between both Team USA and Team Europe. Yeah, I mean, what uh, are there? I mean, obviously Shane Wolford is. I have I don't know the, the Fargo's off the top of my head, but I think every single player is eight hundred plus, except for Shane. I believe that's Does that correct. sound right. I don't think so. 
No. Who who wouldn't be? I don't think Tyler's eight hundred. Oh no. yeah, yeah, Tyler. Yeah, you're right. Yep, Tyler. Tyler's seven seventy, and uh, I think Shane Wolford is just like seven thirty something. No, no, no. He's Shane Wolford's up in the seven sixties. He's just shy of seven sixty, I think. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, seven, he's just shy of thirty-seven forty range. Maybe he jumped. He might even seven sixty-six. Seven sixty-six. Okay, yeah, I, was gonna say, I think he's even in the 760s now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, he's got up a lot in the last year. Yeah, Almost I think 40 points. You know, Shane, Shane being a rookie, this is Wolford, I mean, this is probably the best spot for him because I feel like he maybe has the least amount of like pressure on him, you know, of any incoming rookie. I felt like Tyler had a lot to prove when he first joined because he was such an outside like question mark pick for Tyler people. had no reason to be there outside of his relationship with Johan at the time. And he proved right. everybody wrong, you know, but right. But he, but, but he but didn't that's a very have any high, reason to be there. Yeah. That, that, that's a high pressure spot to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah, for somebody sure. who's, you yeah. know, cause I've seen, I've seen players who deserve to be there who just wilt, you know, and don't play yeah. well. So when you have the added, like, I've got to prove myself here on top of that, you know, it can, it can be a pressure cooker. Not everybody responds well to that. Well, it's not something that you really can. You either have it or you don't. <laughs> I think yeah, that's I mean, ingrained in your psyche, whether or not you can perform yeah, under that. Yeah, I, I think it can be taught. It's just, it's just, it's it just can be really learned. Tough. I don't think yeah. it just it inherently exists without no, no, some yeah, sort I of mean, character. We see in other sports guys that aren't natural born, let's say, winners or closers, but they develop that. You LeBron know. James is a, probably the perfect example, right? Exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a perfect example of somebody who's kind of been you know he 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 melted his first nba final really he was just non-existent and now he's got really four. his first two yeah but uh, he didn't he didn't stand a chance in his first one i mean to be to be fair but the second one against the mavs is the one that i'm assuming you're talking about because yeah. he, he went yeah. to the one finals with the Cavs. yeah yeah <clears throat> the 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 mavericks ones is what you're i believe you're referring to he did yeah right um so uh, I guess, Ray, you never really told us exactly. Um, I know you kind of hinted at it that you think that this is the correct team. Uh, is there, I guess, what are what are your explicit thoughts on it? Do you think that we could have had a better fifth or fourth or third? Or... I think in, individually, probably Oscar and BJ were probably playing better at the end of the season um, than Wolford. Wolford had a little bit of a, a poor showing at the U.S. Open and was public about that, uh, but then went to Hanoi and had some decent runs. And so, you know, there, there is that, um, but it's also, I think, you know, politically, it was probably the only choice that could have been made. Not now. I don't know if that was uh, part of the selection process at all. You know, for the coach, I'm not, I'm not the captain, but I know that, you know, for the other players involved in that situation, that you know, invested time and resources to go travel, it probably would have been bad if, if, if Wolford would not have been picked. Um, but that said, I'm I'm happy for Wolford because he's you know he's gone overseas. He has a quarterfinal finish this year at the UK Open, uh, and during which I think he beat Alcady to get there to the final 16, which is huge because Alcady right now I think probably playing the best, if not the second best, on the team behind Filler. Uh, just playing very very solid solid pool. Really kind of has like clicked into a, a good form to to round out the end of the year. So having a win against him will give you know, question mark if that matching if that matchup comes up, and uh, he's also beaten Kopo uh, Koping Chung a couple times this year uh, within the last year, which is well, I, I, huge. the the quarterfinals was that was the tournament that he had ball in hand, uh, and he took the the combination. Is that, uh, that yeah. was that tournament? 
I think you're. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think. You're yeah, he had, right. I know he had ball. And he 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 won a safety battle, got ball in hand, and took a combination that ended up getting funny on him. Yeah, uh, on like the two ball or something like that. But yeah, okay. I. But he was that. I mean, that was Hill Hill. The reason I remember it is because it was Hill yeah. Hill. And yeah, yeah. Um, but that's so, how you learn. You kind of go through those situations, yeah, yeah. you know. So he has a little bit of that, like pressure cooker. How do I respond? You know in him especially on a big international stage in a matchroom setting so i don't think it'll be as as jarring maybe as some people think it'll be for him and um you know he's got buddies there too that you know are going to yeah. work well with him so yeah i guess uh bringing it full circle um i i think that i think that you you nailed it with uh it had to be shane um mm. I wish that uh, when they announced Fader that they wouldn't have announced him as one of the three. I wish they would have announced him as a wild card pick that was being yeah. announced early. I 100% uh, agree. Then, then all of this would have been solved and we would have been good to go because we still would have had two guaranteed qualifiers. <clears throat> um, and, and who isn't going to pick Fader if you have a wild card anyways? I mean, that yeah. be, yeah. sorry to Eklund Kachi. Fader could get in a car accident, lose both of his arms, and we're still going to pick him as a wild card if we can right i mean well, the guy's the guy's a fucking legend i mean if they know he's available and i think this is where i think matchroom loses a little bit of touch with what is important to the american players and we get a little bit of that i think just in their decisions on how they approach certain things there's a little bit of like lack of like being tuned in to what american players value and american fans value and you know they're, they're competitors and they're, they're working hard and they're, they're buying in, they're showing that they're buying into the system. And so by kind of shortcutting that, I think they kind of, you know, what's the phrase you, you cut, you cut, you cut your nose off to spite your face or something like that. Sure. Like yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of that. And so that's where I think you get maybe resentment and some hesitation from players when they think about, well, should I even waste my time doing this? If it's just going to be more of these kind of left field sure. things, yeah. but to your point, I think him being announced as a wild card was probably the right move. Ultimately, that's why you have it wouldn't a have changed. Yeah, you have a captain there. His yeah. job is it to... wouldn't have changed with the way that it worked out because uh, we're we're under the assumption that Wolford would have gotten that third spot anyways had yeah. he. Yeah. So um, I guess with that being said, I think Wolford deserved the spot. Yeah. Uh, do I think that they wouldn't have been in, uh, improved upon? I, I, I'm still going back to I think Billy Thorpe was starting to get into form. I thought he was playing some pretty good pool. He's playing. The he is playing. He is gearing up and playing better for sure. Yeah. Um, Plus, we know what he's like in the Moscone Cup. And and to be honest with you, the only reason I would like to see Billy Thorpe instead of, or I'd have been okay with Oscar too, instead of Shane Wolford, um, is not because I don't think Shane Wolford deserves it, in order that he, that he is going to be good in that role. It's a different animal when you're playing in Vegas or if you're playing in London. If you've never been to a Moscone Cup in London, Vegas was loud last year. Don't get me wrong, it was loud, but it is not uh it is not it is not London. London yeah. is just so much more ruckus, it's so much more rude, it's so much more belittling. I mean, it's 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 it really is. I mean, and Chris is Chris is laughing cuz he knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? I mean, yeah. It's I think... it's, it's different. It, I mean, Vegas was loud. London is like People scream stuff like literally just to try because when you scream individual statements, it makes it through the crowd noise in ways that it just it just won't if you and you hear a little bit of that in Vegas and what they they kind of hush it quite a bit actually when when it happens in Vegas they kind of hush hush it and you know the ref will say none of that none of that they don't even try to do that in London you could just scream basically whatever you want as long as you're not being like over the line with 
you know, like hurtful stuff or like anything like you can scream like I kind of I kind of almost whatever you want. And and it's fair. And, and to subject Shane straight into that, I think it would have been better to uh, intro him to the Las Vegas crowd. Well, he should have been would be last year as well. So this is kind of like a little bit of the carryover of like sympathy yeah. picks from the year before, yeah. which I, I don't like either. I don't like the idea of that. Um, but he probably should have been on the team last year. And that would have been, a, a, to your point, a, a, an easier, softer intro into the hostility and stuff. I kind of disagree. I know Jason agrees with you from an emotional standpoint because he's an emotional player. He says Billy would give Team USA a little bit of that rah, rah, rah stuff. Yeah. But I think in that environment, it, it, it's either hit or miss. And if you're too emotional and too rah, 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 you can, you can lose it a little bit because you ultimately you have to be able to tone it down and still be able to deliver the cue. And guys that can fall for that trap and get too wound up can almost kind of shark themselves trying to be, and you got to go in there and just kind of like perform. Now the stakes are high. People are screaming all sorts of stuff. You got to be able to like accept that, but then you go over there and like, you know, make a touch shot and do the things that you've been doing all year. And guys that go on big swings up and down, I think are more vol are, are more prone to inconsistency. Like the start of the cup last year, Jason did not look good at all. He looked he looked the weakest I've ever seen him in that setting, probably because he was too too wound up, yeah. you know, too wound up. And I think he's prone to that as well. So I think you guys have you have guys that, you know, like Skyler handles it well. You know what I mean? You can tell that he can get pumped up and can you know be a kind of like adrenaline doesn't seem to be, it, adrenaline doesn't make his back arm twig no he, I mean, he's kinda, still good to go he knows how to control himself to not let him go over the line you know what i mean and then he and then he just plays it <laughs> like a king kong too it's great people are people in the chat are talking about like the stuff that people are talking about last year i remember robert yeah. visnick uh in, in Vegas last year, some guy told Alvin Je Yasmin's legs are bigger. I remember. Are better. Well, I mean, it's it's a fair point, you know. It's a fair point. <laughs> Jasmine, Jasmine's a Jasmine's a beautiful girl. She's a great player. So, you know. Oh man, I I just I remember I remember that when the dude screamed out like uh, what Matt pulled, and I'm not even gonna give it the 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 credence because the guy was an absolute idiot, and I don't even want to. Uh, Oh, <laughs> you were that guy. Nice. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to give credence to what um, my Poland's talking about, but like that is pretty common in London. Like people will scream yeah. stuff like that probably like two or three times a day where they're just like overly vulgar stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah it's trashy. It, becomes, it can definitely become trashy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and a lot of the stuff that like it happens mostly during like actual shots, but. <laughs> There's some stuff that gets shouted out during like the intermissions too that you'll never know because you're obviously not there. Yeah, uh, it doesn't come across on screen, but it it is a much more hostile and much more rude and much more belittling environment in London for sure. I I think so, anyways. Yeah, Chris, yeah. what do you think? You've been to you've been to a few of them now with us. I, I, Coffee I, table. I, yeah, I would ha I would have to agree that you know that's why I was mentioning about the the Bluetooth speakers and the, the Euro crowd doesn't need the Bluetooth. Uh, speaker hack they are just so much more louder and i do agree with the the rudeness and stuff from when we were over there in london two years ago in comparison to how in comparison to how things were uh in vegas last year by the way my wife is still waiting for her uh, youtube video of uh putting together that coffee table i still have the instructions i've just never uh gotten out to buy the materials yet <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke for anybody who goes back to the VG days. All right. Well, um, 
I guess to close out my uh, argument for or away, I, I'm glad that they picked Shane, but I, I, that doesn't mean that I think that he would be the best pick on paper. I yeah. like Billy Thorpe. Um, I mean, we all like Justin Bergman. I mean, if he was actually playing, I would I, I would venture to say that everybody here would pick Justin Bergman over anybody else out there. I would. Well, I mean, when assuming was last... he's still playing, because it appears that he's still playing. And when was the last time the USA actually fielded their strongest five? Uh, well, they probably haven't in a long, long probably, time. Probably yeah. never. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe back when like Earl and Johnny were in their prime and still had um, Corey, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Corey in his prime, and then uh, uh, Nick. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Varner. Uh, you always blank yeah, on Nick this Varner. Name. Yeah, Nick Varner. Um, towards the tail end of his prime, I mean, maybe maybe well, one of those years. Archer, I think, is the best ever American player in the Moscow yes. Cup for Team USA. Yeah. yeah, Johnny. Johnny's probably Johnny's probably hands down the best on our side. I know when Appleton and them were coming up and really showing a lot of form, and he was the core of the European squad. Johnny was like the boogeyman for them. They just did not, they didn't want any part of him. None of them. Rodney's got to be up there as well, right? Rodney Who's that? Morris, Rodney Morris, his winning percentage has got to be really good. Yeah, he's got a good winning percentage up yeah. there. I would um, guess for Europe, it's probably Mika or. Um, winning percentage. Yeah, I mean, probably Harris Mika Rodney, or um, Niels or Darren. Yeah, Alpin. Alpin's up there too. Yeah, Alvin's got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I guess it comes down to our how many, how many, like, what's, what's the, I'm sure whoever's winning it's probably had like one, one year where they went like four and one or something like that because 80% is super high, right? It kind of comes down to how many do you need to have to be like a base. I'm trying to go only to people that have been like six or more, which I guess Alvin yeah. is probably coming up on six at this point. Darren's got to be really close to being the most, to being the best European player. He's got to be really close. Yeah. He's, he's such a great team player as well. So solid. Like, I like the foundation of his game. Great all-around player. Controls the cue ball, which I think is really important. Because if you don't have a good cue ball control and then you magnify the pressure of the Moscone Cup, then that stuff starts to fall apart really fast. He's one of the, best, just, yeah. one yeah, of the best doubles players yeah. ever as well, isn't he? Oh, you know, World fantastic. Cup has got great yeah. um, history in the World Cup, where, you know, winning or getting to finals or semis. And, you know, yeah. is, you know in the Moscone, he's always a... Cabin, he knows how to g people up at the, his partner up at the right, right moment. How to count them down. But he, his, you know, eight ball background. A lot of that's team events as well, playing sure. world championships and stuff. So, yeah, he he's the kind of guy that you would want to model your game off off of if you were kind of just starting and you really wanted to get, you know, oh yeah, a, a really all around type of game. Darren Darren's fantastic, and he's really right. knowledgeable about the Moscone Cup specifically because he's done it so much he knows about I mean, the lineups and the little yeah. tricks to get he's gonna make a great captain someday oh he will yeah i mean he's, he's got he's up there with one of the best q sports brains ever i mean he's won the world chinese eight ball yeah. he's won you know well nine ball well ten ball well games straight you know, ball. He's won all different formats on different tables he was european english eight ball champion he was the best ever maybe decorated english eight ball player so he's got the one of the best q sports brains ever yeah. ever Sucked at snooker though. I played him. No, you see, I think he was actually. Right. He can make century. Oh, no, right? stop it! He's terrible. I I beat him in snooker. Did not. I'm not having that. No <laughs> well, it was doubles, but I did. Who was your doubles partner, Ronnie O'Sullivan? Emily Duddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was at like 5 a.m. and we were all just pissed. Oh, <laughs> was, I, it's a lot of We did. We beat him. We did. We beat him. I'm I'm telling you. Yeah. I, 
Darren's a man. Uh, you know, even then though, when him and you know, you had the European teams with like Mika and Nick Vandenberg and those guys and Suke and all them and Carl was on the team. You know, Archer back then was like right at the tail end of what his like really formidable years where so much knowledge had the break and the jump and yeah all 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 of the pieces and played well under pressure and um yeah I felt like that he was probably our best our best guy. You know, I Skyler's watch, coming up there now too. You know, Skyler's Yeah. What watching some of the older Moscone Cups, I always felt like if anybody was gonna keep L in his Check. place or keep him on the good side, it was gonna be Johnny or Rodney Morris. Yeah. You know, they could keep Rodney. Him. It would be yeah, Rodney. They play doubles together all the time. Johnny's way too easy going. Yeah. He's a lot like Sky. I mean, for for what for how great Sky is, like Sky and uh, Johnny's personalities are pretty similar, actually. Okay. They're both just kind of goofy, happy go lucky like people. Uh, now, the Johnny that we know now is obviously not uh, not exactly on that uh, plane, but uh, Johnny and Sky are both just super goofy, easy going, but they're not going to hold people accountable. Like you don't see Sky going over to Shane when he's kind of throwing one of his tantrums and kind of giving up on the team. You don't see Sky going over there and like really keeping him in line. He goes over and tries to like chum around with him and pal it up with him, but he's not like Rodney. Rodney will get in your face and tell you, "Hey, listen here, buddy. You got a team. Act like it." Rodney was the kind of that enforcer from. Yeah. Or he at least has that personality in him. But back when they were like all playing together, they were winning so much it wasn't really needed that often. What do you think about the the, the lineups then for for this year? Obviously, you know Europe has the same roster as last year, right? Well, I so I want to talk about I want to talk about that. Um, I do have that on the docket. Let's talk about the European side, kind of the way we did the U.S. Sure. Your five, Ray. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think. I think Filler and Alcady are probably playing the best um, in the best form relative to their own skills, right? Um, Jason's right up there, obviously, too. Had a nice win in Hanoi and, and obviously playing well. And he play, tends to play well in in the Moscone. So I'm not super you know, worried about him having a big let off. Uh, I do think the, the, the volatility up and down you know, he, he might be prone to a little bit of that, but he's he's going to settle down at some point and play really great. I'm actually more worried about Albin uh, this year for Europe. Uh, he played, he, by his standards, he played poor. He's played the worst, the worst year he's had in probably the last six or seven. But in the yeah, Puerto Rico Puerto Rico event, I just saw some things from him that are really out of character, I think. Uh, and it was a team setting as well, and obviously not the pressure that, you know, you get with the Moscone, but he missed certain shots. Um, if you watch back that match against, um, what is it? It was Austria against Germany, I think, to make the semifinals or to make the finals. He um, left. Him playing with the Osman, I mean, I saw some stuff that like, – She was carrying him. She oh, was my carrying, God. She was 100% carrying him that match, and uh, it was kind of shocking, honestly, to, to see somebody that good kind of play so far below their skill level. So Maybe it's his, uh, his foundation is a little too thin. <laughs> his small legs. It's a... yeah. <laughs> that, that was a stretch. You must be taking yoga. Um, <laughs> I would say he's a concern for me. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, he's he's who he is. He's a world champion, and you know, uh, you expect him to do what world champions do and play well. So I think he'll try and be steady. I don't. I don't really foresee a, a big collapse so much, but I would, I would be, if I'm Ralph Eckert, I'm watching that and, you know, trying to see, 
how that affects my my picks because you don't want somebody that's tanking and collapsing uh paired up with another player in a doubles because then that'll it's very easy to carry that on to somebody else if it's in a singles i think it's less um less pressure you know yeah. but eventually he's gonna be paired up with somebody so yeah. you probably put him up there with filler or somebody like that who's playing really great well fsr right yeah F fsr too you know fsr very... and josh i mean that's that's where it is i think yeah well you have the fsr and david pairing that's for sure gonna happen you know yeah, of course um probably out the gate would be my yeah. guess or yeah. or the start of day two right something like that but um <laughs> Yeah, Albin is my my main, probably my, my biggest question mark, you know, because sure. you, you know what you're going to get from Josh. Josh hasn't really been super shaky at the Moscone yet that I've seen. Yeah. You know, he just plays so good. Yep. All right, Chris, what do you think? I mean, little coffee table. Little coffee table, what do you think? Team Europe, could they have improved, or is this the team that you need to have out there? I Could they could they improved? I, I, I couldn't think of anybody. I think this is um, a pretty strong. Going on the the last question we had about uh, Team USA, like everybody on Team Europe is eight hundred. Dad is looking plus. at the butthole, just so you know. <laughs> everybody on uh, Team Europe is eight hundred <laughs> plus Fargo, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. So I I I can't really tell if there's you can actually get... six. There's six European eight hundred Fargos. Well, it's got to be more even, than that. Even better, even better. Well, I mean, so that's I playing. I wouldn't even be able to tell whether was, or not. That was a Fedor. Um, that was a Fedor joke. <laughs> if you can, if you can improve uh, <laughs> uh, uh, any on that, um, I don't know. I, I was going to make the joke about uh, Alvin with the Ravens comment though, because I think he's going to be fine. Because isn't he a VG winner? Like he won one of your VG events, and so if he can handle that yeah. pressure, he he can handle he can handle anything. Yeah, that's where the real <laughs> pressure. That's where the real grind is. Actually, I'll tell you what. There, there was actually a um, a player that played in that event uh, that played in the semifinals, and he's like, "Dude, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, this is a stupid little online tournament that we're all doing only because of COVID, and you know that, and you understand that. I still have never felt pressure like this in any other thing that I've done in the pool world. You sit around stewing in your nerves for six minutes until it's your time to go up there, and every single mistake that you make is like, you can't play safe. You can't do anything. But he's like. I, I crap my pants every time I get up to the table. I've never shook like this when I was playing before, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but anyways, Chris, what do you think as the European expert here? Expert. Besides besides adding you to the team, how could they improve? Um, I would have I would have had Catchy in one way or another. I would have had Catchy in, but so that Catchy means... in for Albin because you can't you can't block out Josh, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I would have had I would have had Catchy in for Albin, but I do think that they can pick any five players from maybe 12 and Europe would still be slight favorites. So and I think, I, I think Kachi definitely played the best this year overall for Europe, yeah. even, even with the time off. But from the times that I've seen him in the Moscone cup, I feel like there's the chemistry yeah. chemistry issue there because of his disposition. He's so unique in his like, you know, I he's, agree. He's just very like stoic and like behind the wall, you know. Single-minded, you know. Yeah. Close, you know, he only talks to a few guys, you know, when tournaments are going on that I've seen when I've been there. Right. Uh, he's quite close off, and but he's a winner. Um, oh, he's a he's a champ. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, so Albin is probably better on the on the bonding side, but 
I, I don't think it's close. I think Kachi's played way better. Yeah. This if, you, if you just have to go off who, who, the only potential player that you could argue played better than Kachi this year, uh, even in the half year that he played is maybe David and maybe Josh. I mean, other than that, you cannot argue any player in the world probably played better than him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Josh. Maybe, maybe Josh, but I think when we I mean, saw... David did win two major events too. Yeah, but when we saw the U the UK Open and the Masters, Catchy seemed to be unleashing this new break, which was basically his 10-ball break. Smash it. And smashing them. And I just think if he'd been able to carry on for the rest of the year, I would have put everything on and winning another big event. I would have I, put everything on it. I saw I him. He almost won the World 8-ball. Yeah, I mean, nine-ball matchroom format. Yeah. I think the way that break's going, I think he can really destroy everybody. Yeah. He lost I the semifinals him. to the voice check, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him start, start breaking that way last year at the U.S. Open uh, in the single knockout stage. And if you watch the match, uh, if you can find the match, him and Josh played, and he just torched Josh like 10-0. Or it was stupid. It was yeah. just like, you know, and he was getting the breaks and the rolls and everything, and the balls were going in, controlling the cue ball, and it was a joke. You know? Yeah, I just don't know how you stop him because his break, he hits it so much harder this new format he hits it yeah. so much harder and cleaner than everybody else that I, I wouldn't even know who would who to say would be second and been able to crunch them like that and that's the key is being being clean at that speed right because a lot of guys he's not ramp putting it everything into it right he's, yeah. he's not launching himself into it. he's just a massive guy and he's yeah. just a beast and his timing's great and i thought it know. was kind of kind of brutal i can't remember what tournament was was it the masters maybe where he played neils and I feel bad for Niels because Niels is breaking them the way everybody else is breaking them. But when you put that next to Kachi, it looks by comparison very soft. Well, so, yeah. So he kept getting like these warnings from the referee about the soft break and stuff and uh, ended up, I think, getting a was brutal it, wasn't that a, double hill. Was, no, I thought it was a hill hill loss. It, it was yeah. a dry it was a dry break on on, on uh, Niels's break and uh, Kachi yeah. ran out from there. Yeah, because he had to change it the way he's – and to me, it just seems silly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Kachi just smashes the ball so hard. That's well, why I, I, think, I, I like using the the side rails as a as a gauge. You know, if the guy's hitting three long rails, he's totally fine. You know what I mean? If he's hitting two and coming out to the middle, I think he's fine. Once they're just not getting to the second rail, then you can say he's definitely, you know, guiding the cue ball being a little soft you know I, yeah i think i think the, the the trick with that is i think that they have to have the speed gun not not for like the the visuals or enforcing anything but like because i agree with you 100 percent. kachi was smashing him so hard that Niels looked like he was breaking him soft in comparison right. uh the speed gun there would basically remove that right yeah, I it think, can just be objective, you know. Yeah, you could just say like, yeah, okay, well, this guy's over here smashing him at twenty six miles an hour, and the other guy's hitting him at nineteen miles an hour, which is basically the tournament average. There's no way that, you know, we're going to be able to, uh, to enforce a slow break on somebody just because the other one's hitting it harder, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, Ray, I know that we gotta we gotta say bye to you because you said you gotta get out of here in about four minutes. So let's let's hear your prediction. Who wins? What's the score? And uh, what's your what your first day lineup? Uh, we'll start with your first day lineup. I, I haven't thought so much about the first day lineup. I think, I think obviously you have the teams, which we've done actually well the first match uh, the last few years. I would say if you go doubles from there, I'd probably start a strong doubles pair. Maybe maybe just start with Shane and Sky right away, um, and then go singles. 
double singles. So I put maybe Fetter in that spot and um, then do, uh, you know, I, I have to look at the exact rules because there's like, sure. you know, it affects everybody has to play on day one. Yeah. So everybody has to play day one, um, that kind of thing. So then maybe you put Sky Wolford uh, in doubles and then Tyler to close uh day one something like that maybe put tyler third and put fetter to close that kind of thing um that's probably what i would do uh just if we're doing the full five matches i think last year they only did four matches uh i like uh, you know i'm a homer so you know team usa all the way i like i like usa 11 8 i think this year i think they have enough to get there uh they basically played a four-man team last year and it was you know one small miss with the extension away from being 8-8 going into coin flip territory. And once you get to singles, I think we have three big guns there that can definitely, we have four actually big guns and a fifth guy that's gotten, yeah. yeah, everybody on that team has gotten singles wins uh, in big moments. So honestly, I, w I wouldn't be surprised if you see Team USA win 11-7, 11-8. And yeah, I, I just think overall they're going to play better together than than Europe is so sure well uh I know Chris is having problems with his internet right now uh so we'll we'll wait for him to get back in but uh if you want to if you want to yeah. book out Ray I'll pop appreciate out you being and on. then if, if you if you guys are still in I'll, I'll peek back in before no problem close. sounds good so just be me and Chris that's good little Chris <laughs> little coffee table oh other Chris is back uh, so let's use this as an opportunity quick. Uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsors who will make this podcast work. Jacoby Custom Cues. Uh, we love them and so will you. All you got to do is just get with me and get yourself a Jacoby Custom Cue and you will absolutely love it because it is amazing. So here is an advert. We love Jacoby. You will too. Uh, I actually play with one personally. Uh, Chris, you have a couple of Jacobys, right? At least one. Little Chris, I should say. Um, I know I at least have the Jacoby mag still. Uh, and yes, I, I do. I, uh, there's two of them uh, that are back there. One of them's with Jacoby mag Q. Uh, actually, both of them are ones that I won off of uh, your VG event. Yeah. It's nice, huh? They are. How do they play? 
Um, I haven't shot with the, the Jacoby Madkey. I was actually saving that for like some sort of a um, YouTube giveaway. But the uh, the other Jacoby I have actually used before, and it's really good. Yeah, it but as right, you can right. see, they're they're all decorative now. <laughs> yeah, they're all decorative. <laughs> All right, so uh, we also want to give a shout-out to the rest of our sponsors, Insight Performance Coaching, uh, Billiards Digest, Salado, Digital Pool, Onboard Sportswear, and Horo Tips, and Lipman Lights, which I'm still working on getting my table put together. I don't know if Michael's in here. He usually uh, swings through. I'm having a bit of a nightmare getting my uh, my table recovered. I've been trying to recover it now for three weeks, uh, and it's just not going well. So I'm hoping to actually have it done up tomorrow. Uh, the bed of the cloth is done. The rails is what's driving me nuts because I don't know how to do them and I'm trying to rely on other people to do them for me. And it's been a nightmare, but we're getting there. And once we get there, we're going to be uh, we're going to be taking pictures of the entire room because it'll finally be done and it'll make me very happy. So that's what we're waiting on. Uh, let's give a shout out to the Patreons that allow us to continue doing this. These are the people who uh, just give to the podcast monthly or yearly uh, and allow us to continue doing what we do. Uh, so Double Dave Q's, Dave Wiersma, Mo Bashir, Cody Wedig, Ed Ladawi, Matt Poland, who is in the chat, always around helping us out. Love that. And Morgan Lupton. And I believe that Morgan was here earlier in the show, too. So uh, we always love that our Patreons are hanging out and participating in the chat. We love it. Uh, all right. So, Chris, let's hear your day one lineup. What do you got? So I think the I believe the rules are everybody has to play. And we're going to say, I, I don't know exactly. Let's see if the actual schedule is up. The schedule might be up, and then we can then we can know 100% for sure. But I believe it goes uh, singles, doubles, or uh, the team, doubles, singles, doubles, singles. Although last year they only had four, because I think they were worried that we weren't going to have a day four or something like that. I don't know. Team, doubles, singles, doubles, singles. Yeah, and everybody has to play at least once, not counting the team. Oh, uh, shit. I wish you told me that a few minutes ago. That's a thinker. Um, All right. Well, little Chris, you want to go first? If not, I can go first too. Well, um, I haven't given much thought to the, to the first day lineup, but is it? The, well, then I'll the, go first. Dang it. The first, the first point is supposed to be the round Robin, right? All five yeah, of them so the, play yeah, and yeah. it's like first to five. And then you said doubles, singles and doubles. And then um, singles, yeah. I definitely would want to see, um, Fedor and Tyler uh, in in a doubles uh, match. Uh, as far as the the singles matches are concerned, um, probably definitely put Wolford on one of them to 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 get his uh, nerves and experience out uh, out of the gate uh, early. Um, but the 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 finishing single, I probably would have to just leave that up to like maybe Shane or Sky uh, just to like just to like hopefully uh, set the pace. But then in regards to like the overall, I'm looking at the history and seeing how. For the past three years, uh, USA has lost 11 to 3, 11 to 6, 11 to 7, which kind of shows like that nice little improving trend uh, that, we're, that we're at least starting to grab. And so that's why I like Raymond's prediction of 11-8 uh, uh, for Team USA. And I would have to agree with that. Okay. That's a big improvement from 11 to 7 to winning 11 to – losing 11 to 7 to winning 11 to 8. That's a big switch. All right, Chris, you need, you need a couple more seconds? No, I think I got it. I think I got it. Go on. So I'd go um, FSR and David in the first doubles. Then I'd go Jason in the singles. Then I'd go Albin Filler in the doubles and Filler last in the singles. That's pretty good. I like that. USA side? Oh, uh, don't know. Don't know. <laughs> don't care. I, think, I think we're 5 nil up at that point. 
Or maybe 4-1 if we lose the team event. But All right, Chris will no longer be a part of the podcast going forward. So I actually, I actually have to drop uh, for, for a moment here, though. So if you guys are still on, I'll, uh, I'll be back. Okay, go ahead. So I guess uh, we'll take it from an American perspective since uh, you gave us the European side. Uh, I like getting Shane Wolford out there immediately. So I like doing uh, – and I, and I want to put him out there with who he's the absolute most comfortable with, which is Sky. Yeah. Uh, so I would put a doubles. I would put Shane – or I would put Sky and Wolford out there, get him out there right away. From there, I would go Tyler in singles give him a chance to get out there right away as well. And he's had a great track record of singles events the last few years. From there, I go uh, Sky and Fedor, and then I close out the day with Shane. I like to give Shane that last spot. That's kind of where he feels most comfortable, uh, although he has lost that recently. So, I yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna switch it up. I'm going to put Fader in that spot, and I'm going to put Sh- uh, Shane and Sky as the doubles. That's yeah. that's what I do. I think I think I do. Yeah, I think I do that. I think I'll do that. Play that that uh, last spot a lot, and he hasn't done well in it. So let's. let's you put Wolf for that second, yeah. I want to get him out there immediately. Get him, get him into that crowd. Uh, he's never going to be more nervous when he goes out there for that first team event, and I don't want him to have to go up and then down and then up. I want him to just stay on that high. So I, I would want him to. That's a double edged sword. It's a, it's a, well, it's a double edged sword. The kid, the kid's got bollocks. Obviously, he's great. He's, I won't say great because I reserve that for the great players but he's a good player um but it, you know putting him out second i would say is a bit of a risk because if you go if you lose the team one and you go two down which, which we haven't lost a team one since like 1943 okay but if you did you know if you go two down and then you've got jason going out there on a high with you two down yeah it's difficult when we start piecing it out I think we can start to see where it's five versus five, but you can get to see where the weaknesses come out or the, not the weaknesses, the less stronger matchups come, come, come. So the reason I'm putting him out there right away after the team event is I don't want him to be that adrenaline is going to be pumping after the, the team event. Right. So I don't want that adrenaline to start wearing off by the time that like he has to start playing again. Cause when you go up and down and up and down with that much adrenaline, he might only play two shots. You might only play two shots. You know, he might not get a shot in the team event. He might only play two shots, you know, but but that's not going to stop that adrenaline from going. (laughs) I don't like the team one. I think it's shit. I think it's I think it's needless, and it's not a. I don't think it's a good way to start. That's just because you've That's just because you keep losing it every year. No, it's not. It's because I don't think. Well, I I don't think if you asked any of the players, I don't think anybody who's a pool player gives that match any appreciation because it's a weird one-off kind of. I mean, it's an it's an introduction to the event. It makes sense with the event. It does. I don't think it does. I I don't think. Well, then how how would how do you suggest starting it? How would you suggest starting it? Do you just start? I just start off with the doubles. I think that's what they got rid of to start. I think that's what they got rid of anyway, wasn't it? To start with the team, with the team one. I think they've been doing the team for a long time. I think that's what they got rid of. Though, it was a doubles match. I don't. I, I don't appreciate. I like it. the idea of getting everybody in, involved immediately. I like that. He, it, is also, a, it is a bit. It is a bit gimmicky because there will be one person that doesn't play a second game, no matter like what. It feels like a warm up, and I it don't does. think there should yeah. be any warm up in something as prestigious as this. I think it's balls out, fucking get in there, and if you fold, you fold, and if you play great, you play great. I just don't appreciate. I, I'm sure there are really good reasons for it, but I don't get them. I like the idea of getting everybody out there, 
getting him a chance. It does, I mean, it's up referencing. It doesn't really matter. So, yeah. uh, and then on the European side, if I'm trying to get to the European side going, um, I'm throwing out my absolute best right away. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do what you're doing. I'm trying to get five zero. I'll take a little bit off on day two. Cause if there's one thing that European, the, the European side has done the last three years is they start very slow. Uh, two years ago, they were down two zero. Now I think they ended up down three to two on the day. So they ended up winning two of the last three matches, but last year they started down uh, three to two as well. So after, at, yeah. at the end of day one, the last two years, while they still won, I think they were down three to two both times. So if I'm uh, if I'm the European coach, I'm going balls out right away. I'm going my doubles. I'm putting David and uh, FSR out there, and then I'm putting Joshua Filler out there for singles. Uh, then I'm putting out um, I'm putting out uh, Albin and Jason, and then I'm finishing with Jason. Yeah. Same I think that gives me the best chance to be four to one. I think that's that would be a pretty good round for four to one. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm trying not to do is start slow. But that could go back on you too. That's a double edge too. If uh, if, oh, if you end up coming if you end up coming down down three to two with that with your basically all your best singles and pairing, but you know you're going to get Josh another uh, singles because he's going to be the fans' choice, and you're probably going to get Jason and. Uh, um, Jason and Josh again for a doubles. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you might even get FSR and David for a, a doubles for the fans' choice as well. I mean, <clears throat> you're not exactly putting yourself out there for later I on mean, just because the team is so strong. The fans' choice in the doubles, I just feel it's going to be, I think it's going to be Jason and Filler. I think they'll put, I think the fans' yeah. choice will bring those two together. And if I there is, a, if there is another one, it's going to be FSR and David. There's, there's no other possibilities that it can, yeah. Do. I think that the fans' choice doubles will end up being Jason and Filler versus Fedor and Shane. If you had to bet on it, you'd say that would be the favourite outcome if everybody picked, taking their pick. It'd be great to see. It's fireworks. It's a four. It's the four Probably. most, you know, Probably. Four, yeah, four guys with maybe the strongest fire, firepower out of both squads. So, I would say probably, yeah. Although in the Moscone Cup, I, I I'm taking Sky and Fedor, just for the Moscone Cup. Because yeah, but you know, fans' choice. That I I I'd make you right, but I don't. Um, fans' choice. I think it will it'll work its yeah. way down. On, yeah, stuff. on paper. So uh, I don't know. Let's. Uh, we're we're obviously. So I'm going full disclosure. I'm leaving for London on Friday, and I'm landing at like 9 a.m. or something like that on Saturday Shit. in London. You're here for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, we're going for 10 days. So it'll be, I mean, we land on Friday. Technically, we leave here Friday, but with the, the time change and there being a six or seven hour flight, it's we end up uh, Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. So, yay, I'm going to get to see Claire. We love Claire. We're going to go hang out at Spots and Stripes. It's going to be so much fun. I got to I gotta bring a lots of uh, dollar bills so I can lose them all to Nigel playing uh, marbles. <clears throat> oh, we got Ray back. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm going to be over there. Uh, next week, we're going to do some podcasts at some point in time. I don't know exactly when. Um, it's kind of a bit of a flyer while we're over there. So, But I'm, I'm going to try to do plenty of, contacts, or plenty of content while I'm over there with the players. Try to get lots of stuff out there. Uh, if you ever have needed a reason to join the, the, the Pages Patreon to support what we do to give you guys this content, now is the absolute perfect time. I really wish so, I could uh, Sorry? I, re I really wish that I could go. That'd yeah, be so, well, so so nuts just to be there and it could be fun. Take yeah. my camera. 
two camera things. Two camera things. <laughs> I have a very high Fargo in the camera department. <laughs> so uh, yeah, as I was saying, uh, if you've oh. ever been wanting to join the Patreon, now is the perfect time. Support us going over there. Allow us to continue doing what we're doing uh, to give you guys the content that you want. Uh, I believe we are going to be the only podcast. I don't think that Mike and Joey are going over there. So I believe that we're going to be the only people on the ground getting you guys your content. So uh, <clears throat> that, now's the perfect time. Podcast now, so I don't think you'll be huh? the only one. There's some What's British it? guys that started podcasts. I think there's two oh, different okay. ones. Well, that's awesome. Um, I mean always always room for more always room for more great content but in the ho in the uh content i've put or in the chat i put uh, a link to the patreon if anybody wants to sign up that's how you do so and uh so chris let's give your predictions that's where we're at right now so uh what do you think who wins and what's the score no day four unless that's <laughs> room jig it again all right uh so ray we've already <laughs> we've already got your uh prediction <laughs> Poor guy. One he man should not have this much power. <laughs> he should have seen that coming. He should have seen that coming. <laughs> all right. You, all right. So what? no day four? Unless – so there'll, there'll always be a day four. For, they'll always for make it a day four. They'll but always on, make it a day four, yep. But in uh, – yeah, the, out of respect and out of having to fill up TV hours, they'll make a day four. But I think it will be 11-5. 16 total matches. Do you think there isn't going to be a day four? How many matches do you think are on day two and three? You're saying there has to be a day four, so I'm trying to be nice. Uh, I think it's going to be 11-8 USA. I'm not sure if Chris heard my my prediction earlier. but Oh, shit. 11-8 USA? I'm all, I'm all for 11-8 USA. This is the first year in a while we've had five functional Human. players. <laughs> Human <laughs> beings that can breathe and hold a cue. Uh, you know, waving it for the... For Shots the fired, game. Earl. Well, if he would I still played... want to go back to day three last year, and I want JJ to stop putting. What did Earl go out there three times and lost all three points? I mean, that's a yeah. completely different day if he puts Oscar out there three times. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I know somebody kind of took a it. shot at Oscar a little bit in the comments earlier about how he was involved in any wins last year, but the dude only played like maybe three, like matches. two matches. It's brutal. I felt so yeah. bad for him because dude, you know, was that it? Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. And he played well. Like he he was playing well. Like his. I should he, say he wasn't he playing him super up, well, but he he played one doubles match with, uh, with Earl, which is kind of rough. You yeah, know? you're kind of that's kind of like a sacrificial lamb match, but yeah, I think he's supposed to probably only put up Earl with Skyler, but I understand. And I think he played a singles against Jason. He he did play a singles against Jason, uh, and that was it basically. The team yeah. event, yeah, and then and then the team event. You do have to ask the question: How much in Jeremy Jones being? quite possibly the smartest man active in pool today, you have to ask the question, how much influence do Matchroom have over the pick to put Earl out there over Oscar so many times? That doesn't make a lot of sense. When you guys say it now, it's quite difficult to see how Jeremy could reason his way into making those picks. Yeah, I'm not I'm entirely sure. I know I know Earl also got a, a fan's choice, which I understand. Oh, I just, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. I, I totally get that. Like Earl got which, a fan's choice in which he was up three to zero. Yeah, he's supposed to, to win. He's supposed to win that match, you know. Uh, so you know, it's again, it's a lot of. This is why I kind of think, and even with all that, it was eight seven down, and the one extension snafu away from being eight eight going into the going into singles, basically, you know. And yep. uh, I just want I just want to see day three over 
with because I mean you have whatever you have left. Obviously, you can't put Shane Shane and Sky out there on day three, but there had to have been better pairings out there. And I don't know, I don't have them right in front of me that that put us in a better position than the rules as well times. of how to do the how to yeah. do the pairings. That's really it. That's really where where you kind of get your hand forced a little bit. Yeah. So you really gotta like have a plan going in and kind of stick to it. Cause if you start pivoting, then you back yourself into a corner. You know, if you go one direction, then you got to go that direction for a certain amount of time until you can start, you know, shifting. And I feel like, you know, now we have less volatility as it relates to those pairings now, yeah. you know, because really the cup is, is not so much about, you know, having the best players. It's winning matches. It's just, you got to win a match. You got to score points at the right time. And momentum goes up and down. You're going to expect that. I mean, even the year before, you know, they had a, a, sh a shot to go up 6-3 after day two. And Chris misses that five ball into the corner, which I'm sure still haunts him, um, you know. And that, that was a year JJ had to step in not having played at all. all year. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, just a, a, and actually played pretty well. He played fine. Oh. Yeah, played fine. Yeah. So, uh, all right, I guess that's all of our predictions. Do we have uh, anything else we want to talk about before we go? I mean, there hasn't really been a ton going on. I know we kind of mentioned at the beginning uh, oh, the Trevesa Open in Italy. There, the Treviso Open, that was going on. And there was also a tournament in South America, the Venezuelan Open, which I got invited to, but I, I just couldn't go because all my you know vacation time goes into the matchroom stuff, really. And that looks really great. It looks like a great tournament. It was in uh, in Caracas, I think, in Venezuela. And it was uh, a lot of, I think Jose Alberto Delgado was there. Uh, and uh, Gerson Martinez was there. A lot of Spanish and Caribbean Latin American players. I think they both made the quarterfinals, but they were ousted in the 10 ball. And two Venezuelans won the 10 ball, which is nice, you know, to see local guys that you don't really know of. And I think that's going to be a, a repeat tournament in South America. You're seeing a little bit more of that in South, in like Venezuela. And there's a Costa Rica Open that happened earlier in the year as well, um, more Caribbean. So I feel like that part of the world can get some some representation, which is kind of cool. We get to see some faces we don't really know. Um, sure. So that was fun. I think the matches are available on, on Facebook as well, if I'm not mistaken. Did Delgado not win one there last week? Was he there for a couple of weeks? Did he? Did he win they another? Had, they had a nine ball and a ten ball. Uh, he right. did not. He did not win the ten ball for sure. He I think he didn't win the nine ball. Yeah, mistaken. he's he's a great player. He's so strong. He's come through like really, really fast the last couple of years. He's yeah. solid, solid I, player. I think he's one of those guys that's going to have a slower uh, trend up, but he's he's got a a high ceiling, especially when yeah. he's around guys like like David to help. And Francisco, they're you know, and and uh, and Jonas, Jonas as well, yeah. Jonas Sato. But yeah. he made uh, he made the semis of the European Open. Was it this year or last year? He, Shane beat him. Yeah. Was yeah. Shane last year. Very solid player. I I played him. I got to play him earlier in the year in, in Boston. I beat him nine five. I played him. Oh wow, that's quite good then. Yeah. Yeah, but I had a very good tournament. He had just come off of beating Hunter. I played the winner of him and Hunter. I think they went double hill, and Delgado was down that match. And they came back, stole that match against Hunter, and then him and I played. Um, Jonas, I think. One of the nicest guys in pool, too. Super, yeah, super. Yeah. He did yeah. some good stuff with the um, one pool during lockdown and stuff. Yep. 
yeah, I think, I think he was involved with it in some sort of capacity. I, I don't know if he owns it or ran it, but he was doing a lot of the commentating and emailing yeah. people and organizing. But uh, yeah, he did a really good job with that. But yeah, he's super nice guy. He's dedicated. You know, he's, yeah. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't really ever hear anything sideways about him. You know, no. And, and he travels all over, so plenty of opportunities to get out yeah. of line. Yeah, so, yeah. Super straight and narrow guy, and and. Uh, just tough, tough player, and he's getting tougher. He's just gonna yeah. get tougher. Yeah, yeah. He's one. Of, he's one of my favorites. He's a good yeah. dude. Got on. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can close it up for there, huh? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I appreciate you guys joining. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuned in and was uh, involved in the chat. We always love to see some fan participation. And uh, yeah, next stop, London. I can't wait to see you, Claire. Enjoy the flight. Yeah, can't wait for that. That's gonna be great. Six foot two, two hundred and thirty pound man. Six in a foot two. You got to fly British Airways. That was best best flight I've ever had. Is British Airways. I am six foot two. Bullshit. You are five eleven at best on a good day. You want to fight? You want to fight about this? We'll show me your driving license. You you keep your height and your driving license over there, don't you? Maybe uh maybe he's six two when he gets his chest buffed out and he uh he's drinking uh drinking a few. Well, it says six two. That's a fake driving license. I got. I got. I got. Let's, let's bet two beers on it. Let's bet two beers on it. Ready? Bet two beers on it. Bet. I'm. I think I'm about six, but I tower over you. You want to bet? You want to bet two beers on it? If you want. What's What's the the English? Is it English pride? It, well, I'm not English, British, but yeah, yeah. 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 But that. Yeah. But that's the that's the like the the popular canned beer, isn't it? Oh, I, I don't know. London, London, oh, London Pride. London That's Pride. horrible. That's horrible. You guys have got better beer sometimes. Belgian beer is good, but yeah, English yeah, yeah. beer is pretty crap. Yeah. And they serve it at room temperature. Congratulations. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> I have a nice video of us together that I can I can show on live here to show that you are definitely not towering over me. <sighs> well... What do we got here? If this is a video in a pub or at a bar. Oh, you're not even going to show it properly, are you? Yeah, so where are you? You're that little guy with the black hair. That was you hitting yourself in the face. Yeah, dickhead. <laughs> do you really, think I'm, you really think you're taller than me? I would assume so, yeah. You are yeah. not taller than me. Okay. Then I'm a lot taller than what I thought I was. Oh, here. Here. Here's a good picture of it. Oh, wait. I got to get the ending, though. Wait. Just play a race to 11 already. He only plays on baby tables, right? Yeah. Baby yeah. tables with six-inch bags. I am taller than you. How? Because I'm taller than you. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you next week, and we'll sort this out. There you Man. go. Ready? There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm bending down to hug you. It's all right. We'll sort it out next week. Cheers, Are you going to be there? Uh, I might come over for a day. I might come over. I got for a, a ticket day. if you need one. Loads of people have got tickets. Matchroom even emailed before to say that they've got some tickets for. Yeah, I guess they're not selling very well, huh? I don't I don't know what's going on. They must have they must be selling more tickets this year than last year. No, they only have 2,000 seats. Anyways, all right, we'll close it out. We'll talk off air. <laughs> all right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in.